0: Mike Claiborne, Claves Online, joins us. The Mizzou football season is set to get underway on Thursday night, and I know that they always have a great feature on Claves Online with the Mizzou analyst Howard Richards. Claves, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well.
1: Doing well. 31, 30, 30 to go. we 29,
0: one of the two. I, I, I made it a point to start us off with college football. Jeez. Okay, I'll, I'll go with college football. For this week. <laughs> so, Here's a question for everybody. With the way the portal
1: has worked and the way the NIL has worked, how can anybody rank a team at the beginning of the year? It's crazy, isn't it? With the changeover in rosters. How can you rank
0: somebody? You cannot. You cannot rank somebody. And the only thing that you know for sure is that Texas and Alabama are going to be great. Uh, But we don't know anybody. We, We Yeah. And with the way that you have to build chemistry in such a quick period of time now, it is kind of, well, not kind of, it is a crapshoot when you're trying to pick out who's going to be the best team in college football.
1: Yeah. So when I hear people say, Oh, number three, rank, Who knows state's going to take on who? Guess who? I mean, who, how do you know? I mean, so I, I was just kind of scratching my head about that the other day on how can I actually listen to somebody start off talking to me about uh, a ranked team? It, it makes no sense whatsoever because everyone's face has changed. Now the rich got richer. There's no doubt about that. But I think that there are some other teams that you know that we may expect to be good that may not be good because maybe they didn't do as good in the portal as other teams did. I think it's a safe bet to think that Georgia is going to be good. Two-time yeah, national was, champs. You know what, I, I think Georgia's going to be playing on a holiday. Yeah, okay. I, I think I they think are Alabama's pretty good. Alabama's going to be playing. And, and you know, the the, the, the traditional teams, they, they're not going to hurt, okay? Right. They're not going to hurt. Uh, but those teams that are, like, right on the cusp, you know, for instance, like a team like Cincinnati who had a couple of good years recently, you know, what, what What do they look like? You know, what What do the ACC teams look like? And, and, you know, basically, you know, what's a Big 12 look like? So, you know, you have all that going on, and, you know, everybody's got some sort of ranking. You know, he's our Bugger top 100 player or whatever. You know, well, who's ranking them? How do you know who these guys are? What What's your basis on how you rank players? And, and those are all the things that we need to – start peeling off page two and take page three to get to because there's a whole lot of people who really know very little about what's going on but yeah. like they call themselves experts
0: it, it is very interesting. I bet for George and Alabama that the transfer portal is almost like fantasy football for the rest of us, where you're just yeah. getting like to pick the best of the best. I'm yeah. sure that's how it feels. Well, Klebes, I do want to ask you a little bit about some baseball, but specifically we there got to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> specifically, we got to see Aaron Nola and Blake Snell, and I wanted to gather your thoughts on both of those pitchers. What do you think the likelihood of the Cardinals landing one of those guys or both of them?
1: Well, I don't know if you can land both of them. And, and I don't know if it's in the Cardinals' hands. Um, you know, every team has money. And I know people say, well, let's go out and get them because we're the Cardinals and we, we've got money to spend. That, that may be true. But I think that if you're a pitcher and you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to look at different teams, what are the factors for me? Can they swing the bat? Are they good defensively? Who's their catcher? You know, all those things go into play – and if you look at the Cardinals, yeah, they swing the bat okay. They're going through a little bit of a slump now. Uh, what do you look like defensively? Well, you have gold at the corners. you got some fledgling guys guys in the outfield. What about your catcher? Well, your catcher struggled early. Is he good enough to create enough confidence that a pitcher can say, you know what, I can throw to this guy? Or is it Andrew Kisner? Or is it Herrera? I mean, you know, I thought Herrera and Kisner made significant improvements. So, there's a lot of intangibles that will go into a free agent uh, if you're going to sign him more
0: than just money.
1: More than just uh, money, I, I, because everybody has money. I, I think we've seen teams that have said, yeah, we're going to spend money. But I think the other, other thing is this. <laughs> will you see teams say, hey, you know what, instead of that five, eight-year deal, we'll give you three and an option. And we'll front-load it. So we'll make it worth your a while. Uh, I think that dreaded term opt-out will pop up in some situations. And if I'm a team, I say, hey, you know what? We'd like an opt-out, too.
0: It wouldn't know, that I, be I, nice? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I think teams have to be more creative in how you structure contracts. Uh, maybe you start rewarding guys with more bonuses on innings pitched compared to wins and losses. You know, because wins, I mean, what, you go five innings, you go half the game, and now all of a sudden you're credited with a win because your bullpen's okay? So, you know, I think I might reward guys more on innings pitch. And now, again, I have to make it juicy. I have to make it feel like this is something, oh, yeah, you know, I think I can do that. So, basically, you're betting on yourself as a performer compared yeah. to just just taking the money and running and, and saying, well, this is what everybody else is doing. Well, you know what, if I can make a few extra million because I can give you 200-plus innings, I think I'd rather take that guy over a guy who can win 15 ball games. Yeah, Because the winning aspect of winning ball games is no longer in solely in the hands of a starting pitcher. If you don't have a bullpen, and I think I can speak on behalf of one team, <laughs> uh, if you don't have one, then guess what? You're not going to be successful. And, and if your team now, you say to yourself, let's build our organization from the back end. Let's go out and find a half a dozen, eight legitimate arms coming out of the bullpen and I'm going to have four other guys in the minors ready to come up at any becking call. And I'm going to tell my, my starters, hey, listen, we have plenty of guys. If you get to the seventh inning, we'll take it from there. But I want, to, I want to make sure that I create an incentive from five through seven, innings five through seven, to make sure this guy is going to be there. Now, I know that the philosophy is, well, you know, we don't want a guy – we don't want him to see the picture after the second time around the batting order. Well, guess what? I don't want that guy. If he hasn't figured out how to make sure he can get guys out to third round, third round, then you know what? That tells me he didn't have a good game plan because he showed them pictures so early that the third time around, they know what you have. Mm-hmm. They Listen – he can't throw a slider today. Let's sit on the fastball. Right. Hey, his change-up is something we can pick up coming out of his hand. Let's sit on this pitch. You know, the good pitchers will, will show you just enough where after the second round you're saying, all right, l- let me think about what he's got and what he doesn't have, and then all of a sudden he drops something else on you. Claves, we were talking earlier about uh, this season has been uh, – uh, Tough season to watch, tough games to watch. We were talking about earlier who's more at fault. I mean, is it, for me, we look at the roster from last year, it's essentially the same guys minus Quintana, minus uh, Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols. This year you got some of the guys coming back and then you got added some guys. Is the fault more on the the front office or is it on the players that are actually playing the game? Well, I wouldn't wouldn't use the word fault. I, I think, you know, you may have miscalculated and, and, you know, you had enough reasons on why you thought your plan worked, okay? It just didn't. And if you don't think the Cardinals feel that way, look at the San Diego Padres, who spent a $100 million more than the Cardinals. They thought they had enough. And it just didn't work. And, you know, I think for us in St. Louis, because we, we haven't seen this very often, we want to pin it on someone. But I think when you look at their track record as far as having success of winning the division and getting out of it, you know, that, that tells you that they, they have a, a legitimate formula that has worked in the past. Now, does that formula continue to work? Well, there could be a real healthy debate on that. I don't think anybody would just say, oh, well, you know, it's just, you know the Cardinal way is always going to work. No, no, it doesn't, because other teams adjust according to what talent pool was out there. The talent pool, as we know it, has changed dramatically over the last five years with regard to how the game is taught on the lower level. And that goes back from little league to travel ball to class A minors. You know the analytics that's come into play. Uh, there's a lot of things that have changed. And if you're not one step ahead of the posse, when you get caught, you have to get at the end of the line. And I think that's what we're seeing now.
0: Claves, what do you got going on at ClavesOnline.com?
1: Well, we have Claves uh, J- and Joe today. We normally do it on Monday, but we moved it back to today talk about a lot of things obviously the cardinals of football season is here uh i got a kick out of the race to bombarito 500 which i think technically is the fat, most fascinating thing in sports when you watch what these guys do and i sat in a pit crew and you know who those guys are in the pit crew they're ex-football players
0: <laughs>
1: i mean there's the there was one team that had four guys that played in the big 10 uh, so, I mean, you know, I'm fascinated by that. So, we'll get into that a little bit. You mentioned football. I ran into my good friend Craig Berube the other night, and we started talking hockey. So, we might get into that a little bit as well. So, there's plenty of stuff to go on, including the Ascension Charity Golf Classic that starts next week, and I can't wait for that. If the weather's as good as it is today uh, for next week, man, we're going to have a great tournament because there's going to be so many good players that we all recognize their names. So, I'm looking forward to that. So we have plenty of stuff to talk about. Dr. Rick and his podcast with Rammer is coming up later this week. A oh, lot with Howard. There we Starts go. Friday. Here we go. So we have enough on the plate to get it going. And, of course, we have our uh, good Nightingale uh, with Bob Nightingale talking some baseball. as These uh, wild card races seem like they're starting to heat up a little bit. So
0: plenty to talk about. Always good to hear your voice, sir. Thank you very much, and we'll talk soon. All right, guys, have a great week, and we'll talk soon. You bet. Mike Claiborne with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN.